I want to begin this morning with a question. And the question is one that I think should be very important to every single one of us. I want you to think very seriously this morning about this question. Maybe take out a piece of paper and a pen and, and write this down, or, or maybe take out your phone or tablet and type it in with your thumbs. But if nothing else, just sort of paint a picture in your mind. Get a thought in your head. Can you think of any sin of your own that you wish would just go away? That you could just send it off to, to someplace else and it would stay away forever. It would no longer be a part of your life. It would no longer be a part of your thought process. You would no longer have to struggle and suffer with this sin. In Denmark, there's a celebration every year in the month of June called St. Hans Eve. And it's in that celebration, the people in the village, they'll, they'll come together and, and they'll take some of the relics or some of the items that would represent their burdens, would represent their problems. It would represent the difficulties in their life, the things they had experienced over the past year. And they would bring this together and they would pile it all into a heap. And on top of this enormous pile, they would put a straw witch. And at, at the climax of this celebration, they would light that witch on fire and the entire pile would go up in flames. And, and what this was to symbolize was to send all of their burdens, to send all of their troubles, to send all of their crutches, all of their problems, send all of it away. And for Denmark, it was to dump those on Germany, but that's, that's another issue altogether. Now, it would be pretty nice, wouldn't it? Just to be able to take any sin of ours, any struggle of ours, any difficulty of ours, and just send it away, something we've struggled with, something that continues to impact our souls. Even after receiving forgiveness from God, we just keep coming back to that sin. We keep going back to it over and over and over again. How nice would it be to just take that sin and send it away? That's one question. Now here's another question. Can you think of any sin of your own that you would want to be upon someone else? Now, to wish it to go away would be one thing, but to wish for it to be loaded upon the shoulders of someone else is a completely different thing. Because those of us who, who truly believe in God, who truly believe in the Word of God, and that His promises are true, we know how God looks at sin. We know that God must punish sin. And so from our perspective, we wouldn't wish our sin upon anybody. I wouldn't want my sin to be upon your life. You have enough problems of your own, I'm sure, to deal with. You don't need mine, and I don't need yours. Can you think of anybody that you would want to be loaded with your sins if those sins could be completely removed 
from you. Now, maybe that's a little bit of a sobering thought because we realize that our sins are ours. They're our responsibility. They're our offense against a holy and a righteous God. This morning, I want us to turn our attention over to Leviticus chapter 16. Oh, no, right? A sermon from Leviticus. Leviticus chapter 16. That's just where we'll be uh, sort of jumping off from. See, Leviticus chapter 16 is the chapter in Leviticus. I guess you could say it's the centerpiece of the book. It's all about the Day of Atonement. There are a lot of proceedings, a lot of things that take place on the Day of Atonement, and we won't have time to look at all of those things uh, this morning. We're limited in our time together. But Aaron, on behalf of the people, he had to offer up a bull for his own sins before he could do anything for the people. And it was on that day that two goats were chosen from among the people. And these two goats, they were placed at the door of the tabernacle. And, and whenever these goats were placed before the door of the tabernacle, there were lots cast for them. One of the lots would fall upon a goat that would be given to the Lord. One of the lots would fall upon a goat that was called, according to the text, Azazel. The goat that was chosen for the Lord. This was God's choice. God's choice for God. This was a goat that, that had to be slain. This goat must die. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. This goat had to die. And the purpose of this goat was to make an appeasement for God. That's the meaning of the word atonement. It's, it's a cover. It's a propitiation. It's to appease a holy God who we've sinned against or who they had sinned against. And as that goat was being slain, the blood from that goat was taken inside the tabernacle, into the holy place, into the holiest of holies. And it was sprinkled seven times for the atonement of the people because they had sinned in a great way against the mighty God. God's sanctuary had to be atoned. And that should tell us a little something about the seriousness of sin just by the very fact that the tabernacle was among people defiled it. And so before God could ever do anything about his people, his sanctuary had to be made holy. But what's interesting about this goat is there's a great deal of anxiety that surrounded it. The people of Israel, they always looked forward to the Day of Atonement. This was the day that their sins were rolled forward for another year. This was the day that their sins would be taken away. But all of that, the possibility, the hope, that recognition, it was only possible if God was accepting of that goat. Now think about the anxiety of the people. They were helpless. 
They couldn't do anything. Everything about their sins was riding on what happened with this goat. Aaron had to have on the right clothes. He had to have the right attitude. He had to go through all the right and and appropriate steps. He had this command and that command, and every little iota had to be served in order for that sacrifice to be acceptable to God. And even then, even though Aaron was a high priest, he was still a human being. This had to be acceptable by the grace of God. You know, many times we look back to the Old Testament and we, and we see only works, 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 works. But the grace of God is present here on the Day of Atonement because it's only by the grace of God that this sacrifice would ever be acceptable. And then there's the other goat, the one that some translations call Azazel. Some other translations call it the scapegoat. Quite simply, it was the go-away goat. You ever had somebody in your life and, and they just keep bugging you and bugging you and bugging you and you get anxious, you get wrapped up in knots and finally you just say it, go away, I can't even stand to look at you. Now you have that person in your mind, don't you? This goat was the go-away goat. This was God's choice goat for man. See, even, even because their appeasement was made by the goat that was sacrificed, their sin was still there. Their sins needed to be taken away. So this goat, the scapegoat, Azazel, it must live. So Aaron took his hands and he placed them on the head of this goat and he began to confess the sins of the people. I can't help but imagine Aaron standing there over this goat and just naming those sins one by one by one. And and the people, as they're listening to the sound of Aaron's voice, call out the sins or this man's sins, that man's sins, and all the sins of the nation. There's no telling how long Aaron spent with his hands on the head of that goat. Standing there, calling out, confessing the sins of the people. And then they were to take this goat. And someone was appointed to lead this goat off into the wilderness. So far out into the wilderness to a place that that it wasn't inhabited by anything. And they would leave that goat there alive, with the impossibility of it ever returning again to the camp. Now, with the goat that was to be killed, the goat that was to be offered as a sacrifice for God, there was was great anxiety. And so imagine the relief of the people when Aaron came back out after sacrificing that goat and began to confess their sins to God. Now they had confidence. We've glorified God. We've honored God. He's appeased. He's satisfied with us. And then imagine incredible release. The burden 
that was lifted as that go-away goat, that scapegoat, began to wander off into the wilderness, never to return again. What an incredible celebration this would be for the souls of those men and women. But you know, it was only temporary. It was only temporary. It wasn't a permanent solution. And every single year, it served as a reminder of the darkest truth. Look at the people. See their anxiety. See them in the scene of the Day of Atonement. And what could they do? Nothing. The only thing that they could do to contribute to their atonement was their sin. And church, the darkest truth is that the only thing that any man or any woman can do to contribute to our salvation is our sin. An offended God must be satisfied. Sin must be removed. God must be satisfied and sin must be removed. God must be satisfied. And our sins must be removed. Nobody can do that. No mere man is able to accomplish that. And so we have to rely on a substitute. Something that's greater than a man. Something that's perfect. Something that's pure. Something that's awesome. Something that's incredible. Something that's beyond anything you or I could ever even hope or imagine to become. Because without the substitute, God is never appeased. Without the substitute, Sin is never removed, and it must still be punished. And the only substitute by which we may be saved is none other than our Savior, Jesus Christ. He was the one for God, chosen by God, for God. He's the one that had to die. Because without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. Jesus even told His followers, I must go into Jerusalem and suffer at the hands of men. And even though they were saying, far be it from you, Lord, God forbid, we don't want you to go. Jesus said, I must die. I've been chosen by God. I am the Lord for this very reason. Because without my blood, God cannot be appeased. God cannot be satisfied. The Bible tells us that Jesus was the propitiation for our sins. Now that word propitiation, it means to satisfy, to, to appease a God of holy wrath, of righteous indignation against sin, to appease Him to appease Him so that His grace may be effective in our lives. Now imagine the anxiety 
we have over this offense. We, we're even able to get a glimpse, uh, a little bit of a picture of the anxiety as Jesus falls down to his knees in the Garden of Gethsemane. Just a few hours before he will find himself hanging on the cross. He's filled with such anxiety that, that his sweat becomes as if it's even great drops of blood. And what was the prayer that Jesus was offering to God? He said, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. This must be an appeasement. And all creation is depending upon this goat to be perfect, to be acceptable to God. Jesus must be an acceptable sacrifice or God will never be pleased so that He could become the go-away goat. God's choice for man. Our sorrows, our grief, our sins, our iniquities must be borne by Him. But He must be living. He must be cut off from the camp. He must be cast away. See, Jesus could have died in any number of different ways. Several times we find in Scripture that Jesus was about to be killed. People were about to stone Him. People were about to throw him off a cliff. There was one time when the people were rushing so hard and pressing so hard against Jesus because of his teachings and because of the things that he had said to him. He told his disciples, we have to get back so the people don't kill us. Jesus could have died in any number of ways. But to be this go-away goat, he had to be outside of the camp. He had to be sent outside of the holy city of Jerusalem. He must be caught and cast away from the living. And that's where we find Jesus on the cross. Golgotha, a place set outside of the city because it wasn't right. It wasn't holy. It wasn't God's will for man to be a curse inside the city. And what a relief from the offense this sacrifice was. As the sins of all mankind, yours and mine, were laid upon this go-away goat. What man couldn't do for himself, God did for him. The Son of God, became a son of man so that the sons of man could become sons of God. Atoned and freed from sin. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 says, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. 
in the sixth hour. Twelve o'clock, noon. When darkness came over the land, Jesus had become sin. He had become adultery. He had become an abomination. He had become blasphemy. He had become fornication, idolatry, immorality, impurity. He had become hypocrisy and gossiping. He had become drunkenness. He would become lies and deception. He would become cheating. He had become murderer. He had become covetous and lasciviousness and lust. Jesus became sin. He became me. He became you. If God, who is so pure in eyes that he can't even look upon sin, neither should we. God clothed over the nation, over the cross, complete and utter darkness. As Jesus, as the goat of the Lord, and as the go-away goat, as he bore the sins of the world. And he was utterly and completely alone. And in his banishment, in his exile, there's no wonder that we hear him cry out the words, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because Jesus was doing for you and for me what we could not and cannot do for ourselves. And heaven's darkest hour had become our brightest hope. Now that hope is only possible if you come to the one who makes it possible. And you can come right now as we stand and sing together.